Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is five reason e-commerce companies fail with my friend Paige Fitzgerald. How's it going, Paige? Hey, Joe. I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. We had some technical difficulties before. Internet went down in the Midwest where I'm at because of uh, wind. We didn't expect it. And so here we go. We're finally getting around to this one. So I'm very excited to talk about this. And I know some are probably listening and saying, wait, why are we talking about e-commerce when this is a logistics podcast? But you can't have e-commerce without logistics. They they are joined at the hip. And I think by talking to Paige, we'll get a better sense for that. So before we go any further, Paige, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're at. Yeah. And thank you so much, obviously, for having me on, Joe. It's a pleasure. And I'm really excited to talk to you some more today. So my name is Paige Fitzgerald. I'm currently based in San Diego, but I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Growing up, I really loved school. I was one of those kids who loved to get involved, uh, loved taking on leadership opportunity, really involved in student government and different clubs and organizations in high school. So eventually decided to go into management. So when I was at Arizona State, University. I got a BS in management as well as marketing. I actually ended up studying abroad in the Czech Republic, which was an awesome experience, especially in college. So also got my international business certificate there as well. After I graduated, I decided to do a kind of crazy move across the country, picked up my stuff, moved to Chicago, try to see what work was out there. I ended up taking some different roles within sales, marketing events, different things in Chicago before deciding to do another crazy move, headed back across the country to San Diego last year. And now I joined Fulfilled. So I am the sales and marketing coordinator there. We are a direct-to-consumer e-commerce fulfillment company and we are based in Alabama. Very nice. Very nice. So what made you uh, join Fulfilled? What what drew you to the company? Yeah, so there were a couple things. I mean, obviously, you and I both know in the last year, e-commerce has absolutely taken over and online shopping. It's a really exciting time to get involved in the industry. And beyond that, I think Fulfilled is really cool because it actually specializes in that e-commerce fulfillment. You see a lot of companies that do traditional warehousing, retail fulfillment, LTL, truckload shipments, things like that. But we really specialize on those direct-to-consumer small parcel packages. So something a little bit different, something exciting, and definitely something that's growing insanely year over year right now. Right. I've had AJ, the founder of Fulfilled, on my podcast before, and we talked about the same thing. It's obviously e-commerce is blowing up, but also there's this you know, when you find people who are in the e-commerce business, when they start looking for a 3PL or fulfillment center or whoever, that's not always the easiest fit because they find lots of logistics companies that they might specialize in, you know, warehousing that store stuff for manufacturers or store stuff for retailers. It's a different animal. And they're trying to change their spots right now or open new divisions. But I like the fact that you guys are specializing that. So anyway, I think this probably goes back three weeks or a month ago. I was talking to an e-commerce guy and he says, I'm having trouble finding somebody to help us grow this, helping us do the fulfillment for this e-commerce. And I was like, well, I know lots of e-commerce companies and fulfillment companies that can help you. But 
It's not that easy. You think you're a customer and I'll just run down the street and any 3PL is going to want to be working with me. I knew it was probably a good fit for Fulfilled because purely direct-to-consumer, pure e-com. But also, I learned from that that when they said, oh, well, they'll have to talk to Paige because she qualifies and makes sure that these companies will be successful. And I was like, oh, interesting. So she talked to my friends who were in this e-com and then later on, I called Paige and I said, I'm dying to know what, what are you asking? <laughs> yeah. So, so this podcast is kind of an outgrowth of that discussion. And it was like you said, there's reasons that we don't take customers. We don't want to be, be a part of any bad stories. We don't want, yeah. we only want to be part of good <laughs> stories and we don't want to work with somebody who's not going to be successful. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's unfortunate. I wish we could help out everybody. I love talking to all these different business owners. I mean, we work from all different industries. We work with people, companies of all different sizes. So it's a really cool part of my job getting to hear people's stories, why they got into business, their goals for the year. But at the same time, kind of like you mentioned, not every story is going to end up being a success or a good story. And unfortunately, our services, our time, our resources can't be spent on every single opportunity that comes up to us. So we got to make sure it's a good fit for both parties. We don't want to waste their time and we don't want them to have any waste of our time either. Right. So First things first, what is the number one thing you're looking for? I mean, these you look at two ways. These are things a page is looking for, and these are reasons you would say not a good fit for us. What would be the number one thing that you would go, not a good fit for us, that's going to be a failure in our book? Yeah, so I think the first thing is just really understanding or seeing if they understand the customer and the market they're actually serving. Of course, I've talked to you about this before. Trends die really quickly. So in the last year, especially, I get hundreds and hundreds of different PPE companies, mass companies coming up and speaking to me. And I like to say it sounds bad, but just because you can sell something doesn't mean you should sell something. So I have to make sure when they're coming to me with their product and with their website and what they're presenting to me, it just looks like something that they've fully thought out, fully researched. It's something that people actually need, something that people want, and they're going to continue buying and ordering for the next few years to come. Right. And they, maybe there are if they're already selling it somewhere and you say, hey, look, there's a known volume. I'm just selling it via retail and we know there's a market online or we believe there's a market online. That's different than saying we're brand new. And I think you even mentioned you guys bumped into like Kickstarter projects where somebody had sold a ton and then you're like, yeah, but will you go beyond that? I mean, do you have a good product or is it just the excitement of novelty in the beginning? Exactly. And I speak to, like I said, I speak to a lot of different people from different backgrounds. So I'll talk to businesses that have maybe been in business for 50 years. You know, it's been passed down through the family. On the reverse side, I talk to people who are still thinking out their product. They haven't got the final model from their manufacturer yet. They're still in those early phases. So it's kind of hard to have those conversations and decide who's going to be the best opportunity, who's not. But as long as you can tell, you know, they really do understand that industry like I said, the customer, it's a lot easier when they have been in business and you can see that data that's there that shows people have been purchasing from them. And there is a good interest in this company and great reviews, things like that. But kind of like you mentioned that Kickstarter, it's unfortunate. I did. Yeah. I've talked to people that you look at their reviews and after that first initial shipment went out to all the backers, everyone's complaining, they're angry, the product doesn't work. So they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot before they even establish their actual website. 
You're going to see all of these negative reviews on there. You're going to get swamped with people trying to return the item. So before you even really give yourself a good chance to take off and launch your company, you're already dealing with tons of problems and unfortunately wasting a lot of money with that. Right. And you don't want to be part of that. Yeah. Word of mouth goes both ways. So <laughs> so the number one thing is they have to understand the customer and the market. It helps if they have a lot of experience in it. You might, might also want to understand the buying behavior because I've said this before when I've talked about e-commerce. If I'm going to buy like a bed, I want to go lay down on that bed in a showroom somewhere. And I know tons of people are buying Casper and Purple and all these beds online. I don't feel it. I mean, I'm just too old for this. I'm like, I got to lay down on that. And then when they say you can sleep on it for a hundred nights, I don't want to sleep on it for a hundred nights and then return it. No, I'm going to go try my bed out, but I guess everybody's different. So anyway, what's the number two thing that you're looking for from a company? And if they don't have it, they're going to fail. Yeah, I would say number two would probably be marketing and differentiation. All of these reasons kind of tie into each other. But as I've said, there are hundreds and hundreds of people likely selling the exact same thing as you and maybe even better. So you really need to know how to get your name out there, how to get people into the door and how to keep them with you too. So you got to be doing something a little bit different, whether it's the product itself, a different feature, even if it's the unboxing experience. Sometimes I'll have really cool orders that I get with an awesome branded box and a sticker in there and a little thank you note. It's just making those little personal touches that makes you stand out from the competition. But these days there are hundreds and thousands and millions of people trying to sell online. So you just have to put the time, the resources and the money into marketing and getting your name out there. Yeah. And you know, I've heard uh, Jeff Bezos make this point that we spent a lot of time on marketing and not enough time on differentiation. And what makes you different and better, that really, that's significant. And if you have a, a me too product, like everybody else's, and and then you say, I'm just going to market the hell out of it. It, it, can, it can work, but much better if you say, look, we have done something to really understand the voice of the customer. And now we've created that and now we're going to market that those differences and we're going to we're going to kill it. So if you don't see if you don't see it, you go, hey, that ain't going to work. You don't have a brand name. You're not coming from a place where you've got a lot of pent up customers waiting to buy. That would be so what's number three? And I know I recognize these are all very closely related, but what's number three? Yeah, everything kind of ties hand in hand, but number three would be the website. So this is going to be the very, very first thing I look at whenever I'm speaking to a brand. And you know, it goes for everybody. If I'm having a collaboration like with you, Joe, I'm going to check out your website, maybe your LinkedIn. Anytime we have a partnership, it's kind of the same thing. Whenever you're trying to get some information on people and prepare, you're going to check out their website. And it takes me about five to 10 seconds to decide if it's a good website or a bad website. I'm sure anyone listening as a consumer, you probably have had the same experience when maybe you go onto a website, it looks a little sketchy for some reason, a little janky. Maybe the links don't work. It takes you to an unsecure page, things like that. So not only does the website really have to work, I'm going to be clicking around it, looking for information. It should be user-friendly, easy to digest what's on there. But also it has to look good because, I mean, myself, even as a consumer and everybody else, we're taking a lot of time now online shopping and looking at alternatives and seeing what the best option is. So if there's something on your website, maybe the 
pictures of the products aren't even that great. I have the time to open up another tab, look at one of your competitors and make my purchase there. It's not going to take me much time. So you really have to make sure when you are driving people to your website that they're going to be on there and they're actually going to be purchasing from you and not just abandoning the shopping cart to see what else is out there. Right. And we probably should touch on this is when you're selling something online, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to sell on the marketplaces like eBay or Amazon or something like that. And good way to go. But there's the, some of the pitfalls are you're in a marketplace. So it's Amazon's job to give you lots of choices. Exactly. <laughs> if not, I don't want you to have lots of choices. I want you to go to my website and choose among my products. So when you have your own website, it has to work. And I will say this, I like to I buy on Amazon because it's easy. And then every time I'm buying for my daughters, it's always like, I want this, I want that. It's always some, they don't sell it on Amazon. It's some branded site, which is kind of a pain in the ass for me because now I got to take out my card and then you got to worry it's just about those things. Now, since they told me what they want from that site, it's different. But if I'm brand new to that site, I'm going, hey, I don't know what their policies are. I don't know this is legit business, right? Exactly. Yeah. Everything's got to be on that website. And that's what I tell people. So if I'm on the website for the first time, you don't know who's going to be on that website. Like you said, maybe it's somebody buying for somebody else. Maybe it's someone themselves. You don't know if this customer is going to be 15 or 75. You really just don't know. So you got to make sure that anybody that's on there can find the information they're looking for. If you have social media links, go ahead and link them on the website. If you have information of shipping, times, put it on your website. If you need to get in contact, put it on the website. So everything I'm looking for should be in that one central location. And I like to tell people, inviting people to your website for the first time is like having somebody over to your house for the first time. They're checking it out, seeing what your house is all about. If you have a bunch of under construction rooms, broken floors, people are tripping all over the place, they're not going to come back for your house party the next week. They're going to not recommend other people come into your open house either. So you just have to be sure that that you are completely ready to launch, ready to go. That website is up and running before you even think about starting to sell product. Right. What's interesting, I was on a website and I was buying sunblock because I am pale. (laughs) I don't know how pale people like you live out in the sun. I live in the Midwest where we don't have to worry about it year round, but it was was highly recommended. And I was like, I wanted to buy it. And it was like six or seven days transit. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so spoiled by Amazon. Like I went like <laughs> yeah. two days, not six. And I was like, that almost sent me off. I almost said, okay. So I went right away, went over to Amazon to see if I could buy it over there and they didn't sell it on there. So Yeah. And that's why it's important to To be honest, expectations have changed so much. In the past, two-day shipping would have been going above and beyond. But now, it's just the name of the game, and it's what people expect. Kind of like you said, I love Amazon myself for the ease of convenience. I wouldn't necessarily suggest it for branding purposes or e-commerce businesses looking for alternatives. That's why my company does exist, and I have those conversations. But any consumer can say, any customer can easily go to Amazon Marketplace. But that has carried over into into the e-commerce world, no matter who you are, that's supporting shipping. <laughs> yeah, that bar is there and it is not going anywhere. So unless you can rise to that bar, you're going to be losing out on a lot of opportunity and a lot of sales. Right. Which, by the way, is why you get a fulfillment company like Fulfilled. So if the order comes in by what, two it's out same day. If, you, if you're doing it at your house or uh, you got a little warehouse space, you are probably not having that same level of 
expertise. So what's the next one? What's the next thing you're looking for that if they don't have it, you aren't interested? Yeah. So, I mean, going further into the website, it's really about driving traffic to that website, having the money to invest into that, and also the ability to scale your brand. So it's not necessarily the easiest thing to drive traffic to your website and to get people on there, but there's plenty of different avenues for marketing, for driving the traffic. Whether if you have money. <laughs> yeah, if you have the money to do it. And I think that's super important. And we kind of touched on that a little bit. I do speak to companies who are just getting started up and running. Maybe they're doing it out of their own home garage, which is awesome, good for them. But there's also people selling similar products that have venture capitalists behind them and rounds of funding and tons of money to invest, whether that is the website, it is the marketing, it's the product itself. So unless you have the money to really scale and invest in your brand appropriately and the different channels you need, you're just going to fall behind and somebody else is going to take your spot, number one. So you're looking for the ability to invest, to scale, drive traffic. And it's hard to do that on a shoestring. I mean, you mentioned Kickstarter. That obviously you can get some attention, but that is not a, a long-term strategy for success. So you're looking for ideally kind of a no-brainer if somebody says, hey, we're already selling tons of this, but we're doing it from a, an existing warehouse. But if it's a name brand, that's easy, right? Because you already know they're, if they're selling something millions a year, you're like, okay, it, probably... Yeah, probably a sense that they'll be able to move that online and do be successful. So, so number one, we again, we, you mentioned understanding customer and market. If you don't understand your customer market, you're doomed. Number two, they have to be differentiated. They have to have some sort of marketing plan that you go, yeah, I think this is going to work. And number three, website, very closely related. Number two, number three, you said they got to have the scalability, the investment, they to be able to drive that traffic to have a business that can grow. So. What's the last one? What's the last thing that would make an e-commerce company fail? Yeah, so we kind of just touched on it, but honestly, fulfillment. Now that e-commerce fulfillment is definitely a growing industry, there's a good reason for it. You know, people will hit this point where they can't fulfill themselves. Maybe their business is growing way too quickly, or kind of like you said, they're already working with another warehouse that might not specialize in e-commerce fulfillment, or maybe they're just not happy with their partner. But fulfillment and getting those orders out effectively, efficiently, accurately in two to four days now these days, that's going to be a huge determination of your success online. It's going to definitely become a bottleneck for your business. If you don't have those tools in place, there's nothing worse than getting swamped by a bunch of orders online that you can't keep up with because it's just going to disappoint the people who already bought from you. It's not going to be a good experience for them having to follow up and constantly wait for their package. And then they're going to end up leaving bad reviews and that hurts the next people coming in trying to buy from your site. So it's definitely something that people need to evaluate once they hit that point. They have to have those conversations and really see which fulfillment partner makes the most sense for them and their business and what they're looking to do. Obviously, we would be the ones dealing with the inventory. So there's got to be a level of trust there. We really do see it as a partnership. When they succeed, we succeed. When they lose out, we lose out. So finding the right partner is just so important for any scaling business online. Right. Yeah, you guys can't be successful if your customers aren't, because that's exactly. how you get paid. You get paid by the order. <laughs> yeah. So so one other thing on fulfillment, we've talked about this in the past on the podcast, is that not all warehousing is created equal. So there's you know the existing warehouses, companies have been around for a long time. They might specialize in storing 
industrial parts. They might specialize in shipping to retail locations, right? So that's fine, but they're used to less than truckload. They're used to truckload. They might do some small parcel, but e-commerce is a kind of a different animal. You have really have to focus on in by two out same day, right? And that's, that bar is high and you're not, you're not doing 20 LTLs a day. You're doing thousands, thousands, of, small thousands parcels. of small parcels. Exactly. And I talk to a lot of people too, who are checking out their alternative options for fulfillment. And a lot of them will say to me, well, Hey, we've been thinking about opening up our own warehouse or going into fulfillment ourselves, but not everybody can be an expert. I don't think people really understand the time, the money, the technology, basically everything that goes into the operations of, a good-wheeled fulfillment company. So it's really important to see what's out there, to have those conversations and choose a partner that matches your business and your goals. Right. When you think about, you know, you use a little bit of stereotype here, but you think about the type of people who would start an e-commerce company. They're entrepreneurs, they're online. They obviously believe that they understand digital marketing, websites, and they created a product. All that is very difficult to make all those pieces work. And then to say, oh, and I'm also going to do the fulfillment. That's a very high bar. And again, I think there's very different skill sets and you can always say, I'm going to hire for it. Boy, I think there's a <laughs> a lot of value yeah. in having a partner who said, I already got the software. I already have it. And we're rocking and rolling right exactly. now. You don't have to you don't have to have six months or a year to uh, fail while you figure it out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we've been up and running. This is our fifth year with Fulfilled. So like you said, we are experts. We have been improving and fixing mistakes and growing ourselves in the last five years. So if you're looking to start your own fulfillment company at this point, you're going to start right at the beginning where we were five years ago, figuring out those hurdles, getting everything efficient and in progress and just everything that goes into it, whether it's the boxes themselves the receiving, the labor, like you said, hiring, you have to make sure you trust these people who you're hiring and they're doing your orders and they're touching your inventory. So just so many different levels of things go into it. And we have those relationships with major carriers. We have the ability to offer quick shipping times, things like that. So it can definitely make or break an e-commerce company online. So getting the right fulfillment partner and outsourcing to somebody who has the resources to scale with you, I think is crucial to any brand success. Right. And I know one thing, I've talked to AJ about this in the past. I know you guys are in Huntsville and everyone's like, hey, why in Huntsville? And I never really realized this until I met you guys is the the importance of being close to the logistics hub. So all of the all being close to the places where stuff ships from. And that's the South. That's all along. That's Nashville, Memphis. Exactly. Yep. We're near all of them. And that's why we are able to offer those quick two to four day shipping times. We can hit people to that level of service, that expectation, the bar that's been set to Amazon. And that's what we like to offer people. We like to give them a affordable alternative to having to list their items on Amazon because with us, at least they can do custom branding boxes. They can work with us as a sole partner. We provide them with an account manager just for their brand, things like that you might not necessarily find at a larger company such as an Amazon. Right. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm going to summarize this and I want your final thoughts on the topic. So if you want to uh, be successful, well, is the inverse. I'll say five reasons e-commerce companies fail is they don't understand their customer and market. 
they haven't differentiated themselves. They don't have kind of the marketing chops at this one minute. They haven't figured that out. Also, their website kind of reflects that, hey, this isn't going to convert. We need websites that convert. We need websites that look like, hey, this is going to rock and roll. Number four, they don't have the investment to scale and drive traffic to that site. And number five, they got to pick the right fulfillment partner. Otherwise, they will fail. So final thoughts on the topic? Yeah, so kind of like you mentioned, there are a lot of different things that go into being successful or unfortunately being a failure online. I think whether you're a new brand out there or even if you're existing one, there's always time to kind of reevaluate what you're doing and make sure you have all your ducks in a row. You can always redo the website or up your marketing and try something new. But yeah, if you are in that process of looking for a fulfillment partner or you're looking to launch your brand, you just really, really have to make sure you've done your research, you have the money ready, everything's in place and ready to launch before you hit the ground running. And unfortunately, a lot of businesses will fail because they didn't properly prepare. Excellent. Excellent. So before we go, tell us a little bit about Fulfilled. Who do you guys serve? And then how do we reach out and connect with you? Yeah, so we definitely serve people from all industries, all sizes. So if you are at that point and you're looking to outsource or see what else is out there for your fulfillment strategy, definitely reach out to us. You can reach us on our website, which is fulfilled.com. I'll spell it out because it's a little tricky. It's going to be F-U-L-F-Y-L-D.com. If you reach there, you can check out what we're doing, see different services we offer, and you can fill out a form for a custom quote and our team will be in touch with you as soon as we can. Awesome. What I'll do, Paige, is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile and I'll also put a link to Fulfilled and uh it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's, it's an interesting thing. And again, I think uh, there's no business so closely tied to e-commerce as logistics and fulfillment. So you can't have one without the other. And I think you really have to figure out the logistics of this. Otherwise, you are going to fail in this business. So Definitely. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Love talking to you, Joe. And hopefully we'll get the time to collaborate in the future as well. Excellent. Excellent. And thank all of you for listening to the podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time on Word and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at Joe at the logistics of logistics.com. <laughs>